You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iyer. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. We got you set for the weekend games. They're Sunday and Monday of Week 12. We'll break down the second half of those games here for you on the show. We'll go all the way through Sunday Night Football, featuring the Browns and Ravens, and close looking at Monday Night Football with the Seahawks going to Washington, the other Washington in D.C., then we'll also catch you caught up on injury updates you know, as well as uh, some DFS pull-out picks. So what we're doing here is I know we had an abbreviated week here. Happy Thanksgiving again. I hope you had a really good Thursday break there. We did here. So a lot of good football there. A lot of bad football at times for the three games on the slate. But we have to move forward and look and look at where we can get the best fantasy football options here to uh, succeed over the weekend here in the back end of the games and in DFS we'll do that on the show and uh, just make it complete here so we're kind of mashing it up here so mashup Friday we're calling it matchup Thursday which we usually had which we didn't have yesterday and lineup Friday uh, bringing them together into one holiday action packed show we'll do that for you in a moment Thanks for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We are free and available to you on all platforms. And I also have to tell you this episode of Lockdown Fantasy Football is brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head to head fantasy matchups. Winner take all. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match at Stat Hero. All right, uh, let's uh, continue the show here and look at uh, where we're at going into the games here. Uh, we have the Panthers and Dolphins as we start to look at the back half of the seven games on the schedule. The Dolphins uh, are two-point underdogs at home as the Panthers come in with Cam Newton. 41.5 is the over-under, so not a lot of points there to be had in this game, especially with a tight spread. So let's start... With the Panthers side of things, I mean, Cam Newton, the way he's being used in the offense, running, touchdowns, red zone, he's a viable back-end QB1 this week, I think, just looking at the numbers, and we know Cam has a nice running floor, and if he can get anything going in the downfield passing game, that gives him a higher ceiling, but three combined touchdowns last week, so you feel good about him. The, the Dolphins' defense has played a little bit better with their blitzing, and that may be a little bit of concern for Cam, but again, you're... Basing it on how he's going to score, playing off everything else, and I think everything else will work well for the Panthers to help lift up Cam Newton. So Cam Newton back in QB1. Christian McCaffrey could be the first running back on the board this week. Jonathan Taylor has been destroying it, but McCaffrey's right there with him at the top of the rankings. He just hasn't had the touchdowns the way they flowed here for Taylor. The scrimmage yards have been very good. He did score last week McCaffrey on a reception, so maybe getting back to those big, big McCaffrey games that we've seen, but he also has a much better matchup this week as Taylor has to face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers run defense. The Dolphins have been pretty wilting up front all year, so this is a big McCaffrey game. I think DJ Moore gets it done again here as a wide receiver, too, with some upside here, the touchdown potential. 
Robbie Anderson not going there quite yet with the inconsistent usage. So really, you can only look at Newton, Moore, and McCaffrey on this team. You can look at the Panthers' defense. I know they've struggled of late, but the Dolphins are already limited. Maybe some chances for some big plays against Tua Tagovailoa. So if you're hurting, looking for a streaming defense, maybe you've looked at the Chiefs or the Cardinals of late. They're on a bye here, so maybe that's a, another a viable option if the Dolphins were dropped uh, or the Panthers were dropped. Really, I, I do like the Panthers' defense a little bit more because I like the Panthers to win the game here. So let's look at the Dolphins not going to Miles Gaskin. It was a grind just to get them producing that great matchup against the Jets. So you can probably extract some deep league flex values, but not feeling the matchup to be anything big here. He had the backfield all to himself and really didn't do as much damage as we thought against Houston. So the Panthers have been decent against the run. You can run on them, but again... More of a flex play at best here for Miles Gaskin for me. And wide receiver Jalen Waddle is pretty much an every week play now based on his usage. No Devontae Parker doesn't really change that Preston Williams is in the mix now for Miami. So again, Waddle still the main man for Tua Tagovola. Good development for Tua. He's not even on the designation report here for the practices with his left finger. So that should be fully healed here. Good to go. <coughs> That's great news for his weapons mainly. I'm not going to start Tua in this matchup. It's too risky. Then Cam at least gives you a floor where Tua is just up and down because he doesn't run enough. So I'm not going with Tua. Waddle locked in as a wide receiver three. Mike Gisecki bounces back again and has a nice tight end one day against the Panthers. He's going to get a lot of volume we know in this game. So really those are the principles. Avoid Gaskin if you've got the depth to do so. Don't stretch for Tavola, but stick with how you would look at Gisecki and Waddle based on their uh, production here as the main two options in this offense uh, from previous games. All right, so let's uh, turn our attention to an all-AFC North battle. The Steelers are four-point underdogs as they travel to Cincinnati. And this Bengals won in Pittsburgh earlier in the season. Bengals four-point favorites. It's a 45 over-under here, so not expecting a lot, but a little bit more than the game we just talked about with the Dolphins and Panthers. Let's start with the Steelers' side of things. Ben Roethlisberger, big game against the Chargers last week, but... Not going there. I'm just not going to trust him. And two QB super flex, that's fine. But one QB not going to force him in. And uh, not that all that appealing as the Bengals really started playing defense well again last week against the Raiders. So not really inspiring there. I do like his receivers there. Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson. So you can have a decent day. But I think it could be a bit of a sloppy, low-volume day for Ben Roethlisberger. Because the biggest way you're going to try to beat the Bengals and the Steelers are not going to hide that is to run the ball. They have to protect their defense. Probably getting Minka Fitzpatrick back this week. TJ Watt could return as well, so that's going to help for sure. Joe Hayden, however, might remain on the shelf. So we got to monitor that with this uh, Steelers defense not having some key parts. So that actually helps their offense because they're going to have to throw. But in this one, I think you're looking at Najee Harris RB1. They're going to feed him off and again. Game script to keep their defense protected, move the ball, set up the play action that's available there. So that's why I like Johnson and Claypool. Claypool more is a wide receiver three. Johnson as a wide receiver two this week. Pat Freermuth stays in the lineup as a back-end tight end one with Eric Ebron, again, hurting with a hamstring injury. So good stuff here overall for the Steelers that they can exploit here in week number 12. Uh, the Bengals, however, just be wary that they play defense better at home at times. And they're going to be full strength here with Trey Hendrickson. He had a bit of a scare last week against the Raiders, but he's going to be good to go. So temporary expectations, lower everything a little bit, but Harris is still the best asset here for the Steelers. In fantasy, I'm also going to avoid the Steelers' defense. If they don't have Watt, it changes things. I mean, they could do some damage here, but I'm not going to risk it. The Bengals' offense is capable of putting them a lot of points. So for the Bengals, 
Joe Burrow gets back in as a backdoor QB1. It didn't happen last week against the Raiders, but they ran all over the Raiders. I don't think it's going to be as easy against the Steelers here. Joe Mixon still is an RB1 based on his usage and scoring potential, but Burrow helps a little bit more in the passing game. It's going to open up some plays for Jamar Chase downfield against the Steelers, so that's going to happen. I also like T. Higgins on the outside. Don't love Tyler Boyd in the slot as much if uh, Fitzpatrick returns as expected. So keep that in mind. They're pretty strong in the slot in general. So not going to Tyler Boyd, not extending there, not extending to C.J. Uzama, who really didn't do much in a great matchup last week. So stick it simple here. T. Higgins is a wide receiver three. Jamar Chase is a wide receiver one. Mixon RB1. Joe Burrow, QB1, QB2 borderline, I think, this week based on the matchup. And if I'm going to play defense in this game, it's going to be the Bengals, the homestanding defense over the Steelers uh, with some of their playmakers that they have to uh, make things rough on Ben Roethlisberger. The next game we'll talk about here as we creep into the 4 p.m. Eastern time window there on Sunday. It's the Chargers and Broncos. This is in Denver. Two and a half point favorites the Chargers are. 47 and a half is the over-under. So we're going up in the right direction for points. Let's start with the Chargers side of things and uh, go where they can be successful. I mean, it's going to be more of the same. You're going to see a lot of zone defense and protection, maybe going after Justin Herbert. But really, Herbert is on fire. Let's hope he stays that way. I don't think this Vic Fangio defense without Von Miller. Some secondary issues can really control them. And uh, they're really in the groove now with Keenan Allen, who's smashing it now as a wide receiver one every week. Mike Williams, a wide receiver two with wide receiver one upside again that we're seeing from him after a big game last week to get out of a slump against the Steelers. So, yeah, I, I think I like Allen a little bit more still going forward for the consistency. I think Williams is a higher ceiling, but Allen has the higher floor. But still, both are going to be in position to produce here because they really don't have a lot. They're not trusting the tight ends too much. The Broncos are actually pretty good against the tight end. So it should be an Allen and Williams game and a lot of Austin Eckler out of the backfield as well. So Eckler's been tearing it up. He had the four-touchdown game last week, complement uh, the big game from Herbert. So Herbert locked in as a QB1. Eckler is an RB1. Allen and Williams will come through again. I just like the way the Chargers offense has adjusted and rebounded and and, uh, looked good here. And again, the Broncos defense not what is even coming after a bye. Look, a bit of a trap game. We see the spread there that notifies that. But I I think you look at, in general, the Chargers just too much for the Broncos. Now, on the other side of things, I don't love Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton or anything in this passing game. I think they're going to try to keep it grounded as much as possible with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. That's what they tend to do at home. It sometimes backfires for them. They don't get enough firepower, but they try to control the action, grind it out in the elements. So, to me, I think the altitude is a uh, favor of the Chargers. They can make some big plays and that kind of stretch the field with their offense a lot better than the Broncos with Teddy Bridgewater. So, if I can avoid Sutton, probably can't. He probably drops a wide receiver three. Judy, at best, is a wide receiver three because you have Tim Patrick, who's also a wide receiver three. So, you could extract some value, but it's hard because it's pretty split and it's a limited passing game. So, good luck there. And this matchup, not exactly easy, although Asante Samuel could miss the game there, and he's been playing in the slot and outside Asante Samuel Jr., I should say, that he's had a concussion, so that could open things up more in the slot. So if I'm going with any Broncos receiver this week, I feel really good about Judy. I don't feel great about Sutton or Patrick in this game at all because of their outside nature of their route running. I do like Noah Fant, so Fant-Judy game. In the middle of the field, I think that's where the Broncos can have their most success. The Chargers struggle there with linebacker and safety play and coverage. They're a good uh, pressure team and bringing up extra linebackers and all that, but they're not as good at just uh, straight up handling the short game and passing game. So, again, that would lead to Gordon and Williams out of the backfield, Fant and Judy in the passing game. 
there as much as possible to everything else uh, cooler Jets on. Chargers defense, a bit of a sleepy play here against Teddy Bridgewater. They had a big uh, mistake last game against Philadelphia that led to a touchdown. The Chargers have enough playmakers to do something. The Broncos offensive line probably going to be without uh, Garrett Bowles, who's on the COVID-19 list, so that helps this uh, Chargers pass rush in this game. So Chargers sneaky play defensively. Denver is not. Avoid them at all costs there in your leagues. All right, uh, we will uh, get into uh, more of the games. We have only four games to talk about. We're compressing it all into two segments here. So three games, uh, four more to talk about to uh, finish up just our look overview, uh, in-depth deep dives in the games of Week 12. But we'll close also looking at uh, some quick DFS recommendations across the board and multiple options for your quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. We'll also get into get the injury updates you need to know from what we know here from uh, – Wednesday, Thursday, heading into the Friday final practice report designations. I'm proud to tell you, as I did on the top, that uh, this episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is brought to you by Stat Hero. No one plays daily fantasy sports to lose. Winning feels so much better, but traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition because you never know who or what you're up against. Stat Hero is the first-of-its-kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. That's you versus the house, winner take all. And here's the crazy part. Stat Hero shows you their lineups before you play, and you handpick the team you want to face one-on-one. There's never before seen innovation of fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid has Stat Hero players clocking odds that are over four times better. Why? Because you don't have to compete against thousands of experts or unknowns. Stat Hero put you, puts you in control of your own fate. With Stat Hero, you are in control of the stakes. You decide how much you're going to play for, and Stat Hero has no choice but to take it because they're daring you to beat them. Stat Hero head-to-head is what daily fantasy should be one-on-one. And a good, exciting um, Stat Hero lineup there uh, for Locked On here. We have uh, Najee Harris. We mentioned how much we like his matchup, and uh, Leonard Fournette. So good battle there at uh, running back. And then uh, looking at the wide receiver, sticking with that Steelers team, we said we like Deontay Johnson. Another player we like, we'll get into more of him later, is uh, Terry McLaurin on Monday night. So those are your uh, battles there to uh, check out here on Locked On. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on. Use the promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for a 100% match. Stathero.com slash locked on. Promo code locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Check out Stat Hero. It's a great game to play and uh, you can uh, get into it and uh, get a little extra money on your way to winning some more here at Stat Hero. All right, thanks again for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We are free and available for you on all platforms. Let's continue wrap up looking at the games as a whole here. We have an exciting game here. This is a game we want to have some DFS exposure to. We talked about it. Vikings 49ers. These two teams happen to be the number six and number seven seed now. Going to the NFC playoffs with the Steelers, or Saints losing, I should say, on Thursday night. So, battle for playoff position, a lot of line. Minus three is the spread here. Favor of the home 49ers. Basically just a pick game. But the 49ers have actually been bad at home until they smashed the Rams in their last game. They're 49 is the over-under. So, we're expecting some points. I think this game will go over. I just don't see a lot on these defenses that are going to slow down what both teams can do pretty well. So, Justin Jefferson is a wide receiver one. Debo Samuel is a wide receiver one. Brandon Ayuk and Adam Thielen are strong wide receiver twos in this game. You look at uh, tight end. I do not like Tyler Conklin. The 49ers have been pretty good against the tight end. But George Kittle, even a tough matchup against the Vikings, can come through here. So he's a 
easily uh, top three tight end this week once again. He's been getting it done since he came back from his calf injury, folks. So that's what I want to see Kittle doing it, also scoring touchdowns regularly, which sometimes has been a struggle as a field-stretching tight end. But good to see that development here. So Kittle's there. Samuel, Ayuk. I would say that uh, with Jefferson and Thielen and Ayuk and Samuel, you want to play the quarterbacks here. Kirk Cousins locked in as a QB1. Jimmy Garoppolo is a very strong super flex or two QB league play, and he's also pretty good DFS value and a streamer there. We've been riding Patrick Mahomes, one guy that was easy to pick up and plug and play here. He would have, he would have been a guy or a better replacement for Kyler Murray this week who had been hurt. You're probably already down that train, but again, another good option here if you're playing the streaming quarterback game, because I think the points are going to be plenty. Backfield, let's watch for the 49ers. Uh, looks like uh, Elijah Mitchell could return from the left finger injury. It's been pretty faint, painful. Jermichael Hastie's going to miss more time, so it could be a committee there of a little bit of Mitchell and Jeff Wilson Jr., a little bit maybe of Trey Sermon again, so could be messy. Uh, you're going to try your best if Mitchell plays and get some value there. You should see, still see the majority of touches, but it gets messy if it gets a little community-like here for San Francisco. But yeah, the passing game, that's another reason Garoppolo can trust all those receivers in his matchup. Both secondaries have had issues. They've had some big names. We have had different guys in there. The 49ers added Josh Norman. The Vikings added Patrick Peterson, but still very weak on the back end for the most part. Even though both these secondaries have played a little bit better of late, you still have plenty of holes to exploit for those uh, very talented receivers starting on both sides here for the Vikings and 49ers tied with their quarterbacks. Dalvin Cook, I like a lot to keep it up here. He's getting good volume again. Again, Cook always gets it done. The 49ers are hurting a little bit at linebacker, we know, without Drake Greenlaw. So, again, Cook, they need to get involved a little bit more in the passing game, but they haven't done that as much because they're looking downfield and all that. So, but Dalvin Cook comes in as a pretty strong RB1 in this game as well. I'm going to avoid the Vikings and 49ers defenses and other matchups. We like them when they're full strength, but Vikings a little bit banged up as well with uh, issues there with the just their defensive line with Michael Pierce, and you also have Everson Griffin dealing with a personal issue. Anthony Barr still a little bit banged up here. Breland on the back end with a growing injury, so a lot of injuries both teams are navigating there, but it's an offensive-minded show here. and Get your principles in as much as possible there this week for this uh, late slate game. All right, let's turn our attention to the Packers and Rams. The Packers are at home against Lambeau Field. Lambeau Field, they lost to the Vikings, those same Vikings on the road. Last week, the Rams were on a bye. It's minus 147, so a little bit lower number than we expected in this one, but these offenses are not quite as explosive. Aaron Rodgers has a toe injury, and uh, he didn't seem to have any effect last week. It was COVID toe, but he lit up the Vikings. Part of it was the Vikings were in a shootout with them, so that could definitely happen here with Matthew Stafford. So he goes to a familiar foe here that he'll battle from the NFC North days with the Lions, so another return from Matthew Stafford to Lambeau, so it should be a duel between these two guys, so I think that's easily going to go over the 47 with some of the things going on here. I think what the Packers will do is try to get A.J. Dillon involved quite a bit to take pressure off. Aaron Jones has been limited in practice, but he's still expected to miss one more week at least here for the Packers. If it's Aaron Jones in there and he's good to go, then he's going to get his normal workload, maybe a little bit more of Dillon, but you actually prefer if uh, Jones kind of sits if you were a Dillon manager. If you're a Jones guy, you might want to get him in as a as an RB, of course, but again, Dylan, you want the backfield to himself, and I really like that opportunity here. I think you want to run the ball in the Rams. They're pretty weak in their front seven. You also want to help keep Stafford off the field in that explosive offense. So, with the Green Bay, Rodgers, QB1 easily. 
Dylan, I think, is an RB1 without Jones, just by how much they're going to feed him in this one. Devontae Adams killed it last week as a wide receiver one. His uh, injury is not too bad. Marcus Valdez-Scanling played through it and made a big play last week. It looks like also Al Lazard might return this week. And we also saw a little bit more Josiah Degara at tight end there out of necessity with Robert Tunyon down for the season. So losing Elgin Jenkins is big on the offensive line. David Bakhtiari still may not be ready here, but the Packers can do what they want here. So Dylan, Adams, and Rodgers are your principals. If you're stretching a little bit, I would rather play Lazard than Marcus Valdez-Scantling because it's hard to go deep on the Rams with their pass rush and the Packers' offensive line issues. So MBS is more the deep threat. Lazard is more that guy quick underneath, and he could be big here for Rodgers' value in week number 12. I'm going to avoid the Packers' defense. They've been pretty good, but not last week at all. Team to avoid there. The Rams defense not playing. They basically have three players and Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, and aging Von Miller, but everything else is pretty weak here for the Rams in this matchup. So we'll see if the Jamal uh, or Jalen Ramsey, Devontae Adams matchup happens in this one. We know Jalen doesn't always shadow and they could double team Adams and try to take away their other receivers. So something to be wary of that in this game. But Aaron Rodgers is going to avoid him as much as possible. If the Rams give uh, some zone looks, he's going to run against it. So they're going to do whatever it takes here. So we'll see how it plays out. Uh, in fact, it's better for Lazard should Adams take on Ramsey there because I think Adams can beat anyone in this league, including Ramsey with his size and route running and all that. So keep that in mind, but don't be too daunted. Don't get too cute, and don't worry about Donald and Ramsey too much because it has really affected some other teams like San Francisco. The team they just played, the Packers run a similar system. So they should have quite a bit of balanced success here with the running and passing games at home. Now with the Rams, uh, Star Cooper Cup, he's a wide receiver one. Matthew Stafford, a back-end QB one. Hopefully he'll get over his interception struggles and be a little bit more consistent. But Robert Woods is a injury we can't forget. Odell Beckham Jr., we'll see if that materializes a little bit more. But that also points to Van Jefferson being busy. I don't like Tyler Higby. The Packers are pretty good against a tight end. So really I'm looking at... Cup is a wide receiver one. Jefferson is a sneaky wide receiver three. Daryl Henderson is an RB1, RB2 borderline. Matthew Stafford will deliver QB1 numbers. So a lot of things to watch out. They're coming off a bye. There could be a lot of adjustments here for the Rams to be worried about as well with Sean McVay. All right, let's turn our attention to Sunday Night Football. This is Cleveland at Baltimore. So the Ravens are three and a half point favorites at home. Also 47 over under here. So Surprising of all the games here that uh, these two are a little bit under than we think. Well, the defenses of these teams can't show up. They've been a little bit underwhelming at times. But let's start with the Browns side of things. You can't play Baker Mayfield. Too many injuries. It's yet another injury that he's going with. I wouldn't trust any of these receivers except for Jarvis Landry if he can come back and play through the knee injury. Just not happening. He moves Ravens secondary. Could be a little depleted here without Anthony Averett and uh, Jimmy Smith. Just don't know who's going to step up. There, if anyone steps up, I would think if Donovan Peoples-Jones goes, maybe there's a chance for a playoff, a play-action uh, blitz, something like that, that can stretch a field. So he actually has some high-ceiling, uh, kind of dart-throw appeal in deeper leagues. Jarvis Landry, who plays, has a high floor, but uh, not much of a ceiling, even though he had to score on a rush last week. So keep that in mind. Austin Hooper is a bit of a sleeper to me. The Ravens really struggle against a tight end here. Middle of the field should open up a little bit, so... Hooper can find the end zone potentially in this game, but I think this game for the Browns is going to be a lot about Nick Chubb and returning Kareem Hunt here. He's going to return barring any setbacks, so he's in the mix, so that's where they're going to go. They're going to feed their bread and butter, try to control the clock against the Ravens, keep Lamar Jackson off the field, rest their defense adjusted a little bit better. So 
The Browns' defense did show up last week, but it was against Detroit, so they need a legitimate performance this week. After a couple weeks ago, they totally disappeared there and looked terrible there in Cleveland. So, again, three and a half for Ravens. I think the Browns can keep it close, a little tight, and a little lower scoring. I do like Lamar Jackson coming back from the illness, but Marquise Brown being a little bit questionable and the strength of his Brown secondary and their pass rush where you have uh, Alejandro Villanueva and Patrick McCarty hurting, I think it's going to be a little bit of a letdown here for the Ravens offense. So really, Brown not playing could change everything because it changes the way they cover Bateman and the Ravens are suddenly shorthanded at wide receiver because Miles Boykin is also hurt. Devin Duvernay is also hurt for the Ravens. So... They're going to try to run it, so I think I like Devonta Freeman. I like Jackson on the ground with his high floor, but just uh, temper expectations for what he can do in the passing game if they're limited here. But, yeah, I do like uh, work in the middle here, using Freeman, using him out of the backfield as a receiver to help there if you're shorthanded at wide out. And also looking at uh, one uh, Mark Andrews. You look great with Tyler Huntley. I think he can, he's going to keep it up as the key targeting this round. So the tight end should have a lot of damage this week between Hooper and Andrews. Again, the defense is if I'm going to play one, I'm going to play the Ravens at home because we know uh, home emotional primetime bump there playing on Sunday night. Defense tends to overachieve. We've seen them also take it to the Chargers, a team that came in. Browns have a very limited offense here. So I do like the Ravens defense if I'm going to play one of those defenses here this week. The Freeman Ravens defense to play is not too bad in DFS. But Jackson, I'm just going to say he's more of a middle-of-the-road QB1 for me. This matchup and the limitations of the offense uh, and not just running wild say he's there. So if you've got some higher-end options, you can go in that direction here this week. Uh, Might even look at Kirk Cousins or Matthew Stafford or Aaron Rodgers ahead of Lamar Jackson uh, there again. It's going to be run-dependent for his numbers. That can happen, but just keep that in mind. Now, we talked about Terry McLaurin being a good stat hero pick along with Deontay Johnson earlier. Well, I love McLaurin. He's on fire now. He's locked in with Taylor Heineke. He had a big game against the Panthers last week. They're hosting the Seahawks. The Washington football team is one-point favorite there, 46.5 cylinders, so slightly under that 47 mark. But let's start with Washington. The matchup is very good. The Seahawks secondary is okay, but nothing to feel great about here. So Terry McLaurin can really tear it up now. Logan Thomas could return from the hamstring injury, a little bit of extra time this week to practice and get ready. He was on injured reserve. That could be good timing with uh, Ricky Seals-Jones having a hip that's still hurting. So I do like Logan Thomas as a bit of a sleeper if he returns in this game here because the Seahawks uh, can be vulnerable. Jamal Adams is a little bit banged up with a growing injury. So they're going to go with the principles. That's what Taylor Heineke does. He's going to get in the hands of the geek guys. Another injury to note is that J.D. McKissick is a little hurting, so that could help Antonio Gibson see a bigger role. I know he's also got the shin injury, but uh, this week I think you'll see some good things from uh, Washington's offense after finding a lot that worked with Taylor Heineke in Carolina. So Terry McLaurin, wide receiver one. You're looking at Logan Thomas, so he plays back end, tight end one. Antonio Gibson is an RB2 because we hope he gets more involved in the passing game, but not a guarantee with McKissick still in the mix. Anyone else a bit of a stretch here with their receiving core? You might get Adam Humphreys and Curtis Samuel back, and that would uh, really change things with DeAndre Carter and all these other players they have. So be wary there of extending too much, but the principles there right now are McLaurin, Thomas, and Gibson go in that direction. If you need Taylor Heineke as a streamer this week, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo was uh, not available in a lot of leagues. He's another option you can look at without uh, Murray or Mahomes this week. At home, he plays better, we know that in general, and uh, really came through with a nice road matchup last week. Now, the Seahawks side of things, I'm going to stick with Russell Wilson. I think he's going to come through. Again, it was hard to see him the last two weeks, but this Washington team has been pretty good, but they're down their pass rush. 
Seahawks actually have pretty good offensive tackles. And you look at the playmakers, DK Metcalf. He's overdue to go off. So is Tyler Lockett with him. So should we get well game for them? They got to abandon this idea of forcing the running game. Alex Collins is hurting. You got Rashad Penny hurting. You got uh, Travis Homer hurting. Stop it. Just open it up. You have Russ. Let Russ cook should be the motto again here. This matchup calls for it. Maybe secretly it's an audition. A Richmond native uh, that Russell Wilson is that uh, maybe he'll reconsider and maybe think about going to Washington Ron Rivera next year to replace Heineke. So a lot of the line. Heineke can prove, hey, I want to still be here. Wilson can prove, hey, I'm still in it here with the Seahawks and committed to what we want to do. So a lot of things to definitely watch in this game and the background storylines as Seattle travels to the other Washington this week. It is Black Friday here. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Built is going all out to make Black Friday weekend the most delicious Black Friday that was ever was in the history of Black Fridays. New limited time flavors, new types of bars, and a winter wonderland of a deal. You want high-end deliciousness at a discount? Well, all through Black Friday weekend, get at least 20% off anything and everything at Built.com. Enter the promo code LOCK20. There's a new flavor. Ruby Chocolate Puffs. Marshmallow goodness covered in unique chocolate, ruby chocolate. It's a beautiful rosé color, an actual type of chocolate that has a berry taste to it. Unique and delicious. So ruby chocolate, welcome to the Built Bar Club. We also have lemon dipped cheesecake puffs, a tangy combination of lemon sweet cheesecake in a marshmallow puff, all covered in chocolate. Lemon cheesecake size taste without the cheesecake size calories and also the Built Crave Bar. So this is great. It's a combination here of a candy bar, built crave candy bar here. Built has finally done it. They've come with a candy bar that's a great alternative, the bar that claims to satisfy. It's caramel flavored, chocolate loaded with peanuts, giving that nutty chocolate, mmm, oh so good, sweet candy bar taste. Crave is only 160 calories with 17 grams of protein. Show me a candy bar that even comes close. There's no need to fight angry cows. No camping out for hours. You're black... Friday deals at their best are only at Built.com. Tis the season to save and give your taste buds the gift of Built Bar. You'll love it. They're delicious, amazingly, and also great for you. Extremely healthy. 20% off Built Bars and two free Crave Bars, all at Built.com. Plus, you can get 60% off at Built Broth and Built Boost and 40% off Built Swag. Just enter the promo code LOCK20 at Built.com. It's Thanksgiving here uh, time, and we know what that means. Football. Nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. We knew that from Thursday. We can continue in the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. BetOnline has covered all holiday season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. For your betting needs, BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving weekend, all the way through Christmas and beyond. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code LOCKDOWN to receive your bonus. And it's not just football. BetOnline is pro and college football hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, we're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving weekend. All right, it's time to close the show. We'll run down our DFS values. Then we'll look at our injury reports here that uh, we need to be aware of here for the week. All right, let's go to quarterback. I'll give you... Three at quarterback and three at running back to start. Five at wide receiver and two at tight end. So these are my recommendations here. And build your lineups how you want them. But Kirk Cousins, 6,300 on DraftKings, 7,500 on FanDuel. Carson Wentz, 5,800 on DraftKings, 7,300 on FanDuel. 
And Jimmy Garoppolo, 5,700 on DraftKings, 6,500 on FanDuel. Now, I told you about the Cousins Garoppolo thing. We talked a little bit about Wentz and liking him. Also, throwing quite a bit against Tom Brady in that game. You can also pay up for Tom Brady this week, but on the other side of things, Wentz should be throwing a little bit more with Jonathan Taylor, at least being contained here. So, that's another sneaky shootout this week. So, that's where I'm going, targeting with the values. I'm going to pay up, go pay up for Brady. If I'm going to bargain, look for Wentz in that game. And if I want a piece of the other game, go for Cousins or Garoppolo. Let's turn our attention to running back. I mentioned Najee Harris a few times. We he came up in our stat hero segment. I said he's going to be the bread and butter of what the Steelers try to do in this game against the Bengals. So 8,200, you got to pay up quite a bit on DraftKings for him. But 8,800 Fandle. So you know you're paying up with Najee Harris, but a good week to do that. Now here's a sneaky play this week. It's Saquon Barkley at 6,300. They're on DraftKings, 7,500 Fandle. Saquon Barkley just uh, doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. A very limited game there against the Buccaneers, but much easier matchup against the Eagles. They're dare you to run the ball. They play the zone defense. They're going to lean a lot more on Barkley. It's funny because Jason Garrett is out as offensive coordinator, but this is actually a great week for them to be a little bit run heavy. Barkley protect themselves against that Eagles offense here, keep them off the field. So love that value. He can also get involved in the passing game to do what's needed here. So love that price point for sure for Barkley. A little bit of a contrarian play based on his recent results. A.J. Dillon, if he's in there for the Packers as the main man with no Aaron Jones, 5900 on DraftKings, 6900 on Fando. Really good prices there to go. So Harris, Barkley, and Dillon are my targets at running back this week. And we'll go to wide receivers. I, I really like Debo Samuel if I want a piece of that game more so than anyone else. 7900 on uh, DraftKings, 8000 on Fando. So that's where I'm going to go. I'd also wouldn't mind paying up for Justin Jefferson. Not as interested in going the Thielen Ayuk bargain route, but Ayuk can still get it done here. This week, so I think maybe you can bounce out. You can go Jefferson Ayuk or Samuel Thielen and get uh, different parts of that game if you want. I also like Chris Godwin working against the Colts zone defense. He had a nice game last week against the Giants scheme. Mike Evans is a little bit banged up. Antonio Brown could miss another game. So I think this is a big Godwin-Gronkowski game. 7,000 DraftKings, 7,600 FanDuel. Elijah Moore keeps it up. It doesn't matter. It's Zach Wilson. People are really scared that Elijah Moore doesn't have chemistry with Zach Wilson, but... Keep in mind, that chemistry was there all throughout the preseason. Keep in mind, Moore also missed some time early in the year. And Moore's gotten done with everybody. He got it done with Mike White. He got it done with Josh Johnson. He got it done with Joe Flacco. So what is the holdup here? The matchup is great against the Texans. 5,600 on DraftKings, 6,400 on FanDuel. Michael Pittman Jr., way underpriced here for his talent level. Good stack there with Wentz, 5,600. They're on DraftKings, 6,600 on FanDuel. Matchup is great. Remember, it is a mini sneaky revenge game for Michael Pittman Jr. Because his dad played for the Buccaneers and was a key running back for them. So a little bit of uh, fun there. Maybe punching back at uh, dad's team a little bit. <laughs> so you know Michael Pittman Sr. is going to be rooting for the junior here in this one. But yeah, the matchup is just so good. I know the uh, Bucks are getting a little healthier in coverage. Carl Davis could be returning soon. Sean Murphy Bunting's out there. But Pittman's just too much of a talent. And the secondary, that's where gonna, they're going to attack with the running game a little bit contained with Taylor there this week. We also look at Marvin Jones uh, Jr., 5,300 and 5,900 are his prices. Here's why I like him a little bit more. Dan Arnold was zero target last week. You had Jamal Agnew go down with a season-long injury. You have Vizca Chanel Jr. trying to still find his way. But the matchup really screams well for Marvin Jones, for Trevor Lawrence, and this uh, Jaguars team against the Falcons. So love that price point for a cheap play this week. So, yeah, some good values between Moore, Pittman, and Jones that you could go in that direction instead of paying up and get that value. But, again, if I'm going to expose myself to uh, Cousins, Wentz, or Garoppolo, I want to have uh, one of them there 
their key targets there in the lineup with them when they're playing cash games or tournaments. And cash games are less reluctant to stack and less necessary to stack. Keep that in mind. But if you're playing tournaments, I definitely want to go in that direction here. And uh, with Cousins, you can even go Thielen and Jefferson. If you can do that, same thing with Garoppolo. Put in Samuel and Ayuk or, and or Kittle there to really load up your lineup. So now, finally, we'll look at tight end. I like the Gronk price point, 4400 DraftKings, 6500 Fanduel. A little bit cheaper, almost uh, a good thousand there, is Evan Ingram. The Eagles just give up points to the tight end. Remember, Adam Troutman wasn't doing too much, and he went off for the Saints. Ingram hasn't been doing too much, but it's an Ingram-Barkley type game. There's a correlation there. Teams that are not very good against the run or soft in the middle, they usually don't have great safety or linebacker coverage play or all-round play. That opens things up. So just like you look at Barkley having success, Ingram can too against the Eagles this week. So keep that all in mind. Same thing what we talked about with the Broncos game with Gordon and Williams out of their backfield and no offense. So it's definitely a related thing. If you can't stop the run, you also have trouble against uh, tight ends, and that's what we see here with these matchups. All right, so that takes care of all your DFS advice. So we told you it's going to be a bit of a mashup Friday between matchup Thursday and line. Friday, well, it's time to end the week and the show with our injury updates. Lamar Jackson is going to return from that illness for the Browns game. He said he's good to go. It was just a weird thing that happened last week. Baker Mayfield is going to also play, but not interested in him at all. Aaron Rodgers is going to play through the toe. Injury again against the Rams. Could be a high-scoring affair there in Green Bay. You have Deshaun Watson missing the game. What else is needed for the Texans? He'll play against the Jets. Tyrod Taylor will be the guy there. So you look at uh, Ben Roethlisberger. He's okay for this game against the Bengals. Do you really trust him chasing that Chargers game? No, you don't. Tom Brady just rested in practice on Friday. He's good to go for the game against the Colts. Uh, Corderell Patterson, we're watching him. Two limited practices with the ankle injury. Friday will be key, but he's trending in the right direction to return versus the Jaguars. Melvin Gordon, good to go with a shoulder injury for the Broncos against the Chargers. Aaron Jones, again, getting limited practice this week, but still expected to miss a game with A.J. Dillon against the Rams. James Robinson, heel and knee, limited practices, so he's a little bit ahead of schedule there. He's fine for the Falcons. Good matchup there this week. Justin Jackson going to be available behind Austin Eckler with the quad injury once again. Watch Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. And neck injury for Harris. He's expected to play against the Titans. But Stevenson did pop up there on Thursday as a, having a limited practice. So we'll watch him, see if he's deactivated here. But they should have good success against Tennessee with a positive game script. Saquon Barkley, mentioned him in DFS. He's okay with an ankle injury. Michael Carter is not okay. The other uh, New York running back here with an ankle injury. So Ty Johnson and Tevin Coleman are going to lead that committee against the Texans. Jordan Howard's going to miss a game, but it doesn't really matter. They're moving on with Miles Sanders and Boston Scott now in the backfield. You have Elijah Mitchell. We'll see with the ribs and finger injury. Can he return? There's going to be no Michael Hasty, so it'll be a lot of Jeff Wilson again should Mitchell miss the game with a little bit of sermon sprinkled in. We'll see how that plays out. Alex Collins limited for the Seahawks. He should get the start against Washington. A lot, a lot in that Seahawks running game going on. Rashad Penny could miss the game with a hamstring. Travis Homer has a calf injury, so a lot of injuries there. We just talked about that. Contain things. So, you know, Hall might point to DJ Dallas having a bigger role there against Washington. It would not surprise me at all. Dr. Foreman is good to go with a tricep injury here. It's not too bad. Uh, they have no more Adrian Peterson. They moved on from him. So they settled on Foreman. We'll see about Jeremy McNichols. He's missed two practices. So it could be definitely a Foreman, uh, Dontrell Hilliard committee. A little bit more streamlined, but a tough matchup against the Patriots there this week in general. Antonio Gibson, fine to play with the shin injury. Uh, again, J.D. McKissick, we mentioned, had an injury. He's a little bit more banged up with an ankle injury, so don't be surprised, again, if Gibson dominates touches. Marquise Brown could return 
Hollywood with a thigh injury there against the Browns. Miles Boykin probably going to miss another game. Devin Duvernay might play, but knee and chest injuries for him. So the Ravens, again, could be spread thin with Rashad Bateman seeing a lot of attention and coverage. We have Tyler Boyd, fine with cramps. I don't like him in the Steelers matchup, but he's going to be available out there for Joe Burrow. Jarvis Landry and Peoples, Donovan Peoples-Jones will play a knee injury, growing injury there for the Browns. Again, Peoples-Jones, sneaky deep shot player this week against that blitz of the Ravens with their secondary issues. Anthony Schwartz is going to miss another game with a concussion. Mitch Devontae Adams playing through the shoulder. Al Lazard should return from his shoulder here <coughs> this week and no MVS to be found. The designation, T.Y. Hilton got full practice there on Friday and he's good to go against the Buccaneers. Tamon Austin with a shoulder injury. We'll see. They could shut him down there and move on with Jones and Chino against the Falcons for the Jaguars. Preston Williams will be available to help Tua, but still don't like Tua against the Dolphins. K.J. Osborne, another key receiver to help with Kirk Cousins with a knee injury. He'll play in San Francisco. Sterling Shepard has a quad, and Kadarius Toney has a quad injury. I don't get it with all these soft tissue type of injuries happening with the Giants and their wide receivers. It's just been bizarre. It seems like one guy's answering, another guy's answering. One guy's a quad, another guy's a quad. It's kind of annoying here, but uh, be prepared that Shepard and Tony out. Another reason to like Barkley and Ingram this week, especially with passing game needed over the middle of the field. Corey Davis, we'll see. Growing injury, painful. We'll see if he can go against the Texans. DK Metcalf is going to go with that foot injury against Washington. Mike Evans, we're going to have to watch this one. Is he being maintained and all that back injury? Two missed practices here. We'll see. He doesn't really need to practice much to go. We've seen that. He can be limited. But let's just make sure he's not like a red zone only option or something like that if he goes. Let's check it out on Friday. Chris Godwin, okay to go with a foot. I'm guessing Antonio Brown's going to miss another game. Two ankle injury. Too much here and uh, just isn't practicing, hasn't practiced in a long time, and that's usually not a good sign. A.J. Brown has a chest injury, probably going to miss the Patriots game. If not, he'd step into a really brutal matchup. Well, he'll be the one thing that the Patriots try to take away with J.C. Jackson. Curtis Samuel, we'll see about the growing. We've heard this before, that he could return. That's not necessarily going to happen. Adam Humphreys is a bit shot to return with his hip injury. Adam Shaheen, probably going to miss the game against the Panthers. That means uh, Mike Gusecki, a few more targets and snaps there for that game. Hunter Henry, neck injury, is battling through that. He should be okay for the Patriots against the Titans in his situation. Jonas Smith, shoulder injury. They might get him out there for the revenge game, but both should be available there against Tennessee. Kyle Rudolph and Caden Smith have been limited. Yeah, and another reason to like Kevin Ingram and DFS this week. The other two tight ends just really banged up here for the Giants. Eric Ebron, another reason to like Pat Freermuth. Eric Ebron back on the shelf with a hamstring injury for the Steelers. Robert Gronkowski, good to go with a back injury. Two full practices. He looked good. Really good there against the Giants. He keeps it up against the Colts with probably a touchdown. And Jeff Swain might have had a bit of a, maybe a setback. We'll watch here. He did get full practice early in the week. Did uh, get rested. So, But I'm not trusting the Titans tight end against the Patriots. Logan Thomas, we talked about that. Could be on his way back. Keep that in mind. As Ricky Seals-Jones could trade places with him on IR. That would not surprise me at all this week. All right, that goes through all the skill position uh, injury updates you need to know here for week Number 12, the Sunday and Monday games. We took care of all that. We took care of the in-depth matchups, DFS, everything. Good way to end the week here and uh, take you into more of your holiday weekend. So thanks again for spending some of your holiday weekend with Locked On Fantasy Football. Now uh, make sure to check out our other great shows on this network. Don't forget we'll have uh, Roundup Monday, breaking down everything we saw in the Sunday action of week 12. And we'll catch up on Thursday as well because we didn't have time to uh, get into those reactions today. Thanks for making the... Locked on Fantasy Football, your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight for 
Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. For Locked On Fantasy Football, happy Thanksgiving again. This has been Vinny Iyer. Good luck in all your Week 12 matchups. You're going to need them. And see you on the flip side, hopefully victorious.